This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. We are joined by the Chief Operations Officer of Stop Trafficking of People, or STOP for short, Tertia de Klerk, to give us more insight. Tertia, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. Could you please start by telling us more about what Stop Trafficking of People does and the role you play in assisting people and communities? Yes, thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, Stop Trafficking of People is an organization, an NPO, Our main focus is on preventative awareness. And how we go about this is we do um, talks and presentations. We mostly focus on schools. Um, We speak with parents, teachers, as well as universities, churches, and any other institution or organization that would have us. Um, So we teach on what is human trafficking, how to protect yourself and your loved ones, and then also how to identify a possible human trafficking victim. And then we provide the communities and families, and especially the children, with tips and tools as to how to protect themselves. And then we also have a program that we're very proud of called Prevention versus Cure, and that's a free job vetting agency platform that we started a few years ago, and we receive many inquiries through that platform. It is a platform that investigates job offers, and in many cases we find that after our investigations, they are job scams, and then we red flag it as a possible human trafficking situation. we warn then our clients that they should rather stay away and avoid it. So that is what Stop Trafficking of People is all about. Um, And yes, our hearts are for communities and to help them protect themselves and very much for the safety of children. Now, Mrs. De Klerk, when one Googles human trafficking, you don't necessarily find an easy answer as to exactly how many people it affects and who it affects. Please, can you shed some light on this? And is there a reason for the lack of information around it? The problem is that with statistics, statistics are never 100% accurate. Um, And we, however, have a reference, which is the Global Slavery Index, and they provide us with information that says that almost three out of every 1,000 people are victims of human trafficking in South Africa, and that is based on their vulnerabilities. And at any given time, there are approximately 155,000 slaves um, in South Africa, And I think one of the problems is that people don't necessarily always understand what human trafficking is, or they don't necessarily understand the actual description of human trafficking. I think the word in itself can be somewhat deceiving because of trafficking um, being within that description. But a person who is human trafficked is not necessarily moved from one place to another. That's one thing that we must always remember. 
we need to understand that with human trafficking, it is simply a situation in which a person is being tricked or forced. So human trafficking can also be identified as something that can be done via the internet. We have found that in many cases. We find that especially now during the COVID time and children being on the internet even more than before on social media, etc., their vulnerability has increased. And there are predators out there that know this and they take advantage of it and they use it and they use it to trick they use it to draw children in. They use it through various platforms to um, gain children's trust, etc. And that just leads to one thing to another. For instance, a child will trust this person that's been grooming them online. And then suddenly this person um, appears at the school and calls them by name and knows so much about them that this child leaves with the person because they have gained their trust um, or a teacher is just convinced, okay, this child clearly knows this adult um, or even this young adult and the child leaves with the person. So, yes, so we need to understand the actual, um, what human trafficking is exactly. We need to understand that. To that end then, Mrs. De Klerk, in the interest of raising awareness, can you take us through whether or not there is any relation between drug trafficking and human trafficking? And could there then be other different forms or elements to human trafficking? Yes, most definitely. Um, I would say that human trafficking victims in many cases are often drugged. We mostly find that amongst um, ladies um, and even children that are especially used for um, the sex industry, the commercial sex industry. Now, speaking of lockdown and the COVID-19 pandemic, how has this affected human trafficking? And as we are seeing more and more of it in the media, has it forced an increase of human trafficking in our country? Oh, yes, most definitely. We do believe and we do see that it does indeed increase. It's, um, COVID has increased people's vulnerability. People are more desperate um, and people need to find an income in some form or way. Um, and that is one of the reasons why we try and push our prevention versus cure program because we are encouraging communities and individuals that if they ever are offered any kind of job which might be suspicious or where there might be a bit of a red flag or they're just unsure for any reason, they should most definitely contact Prevention versus Cure, which can easily be found um, on social media. And then we have investigators that actually investigate um, your specific situation for you. And um, yes, we find that more than half of the inquiries that we receive are fake job scams. Um, 
which can then very easily be red flagged as possible human trafficking situations. So yes, to answer your question, it definitely increases people's vulnerability. And I also want to emphasize that because so many families are forced to stay more indoors and we're all so much more comfortable online now, um, we need to be very vigilant, not just as adults in what we get ourselves involved with online, but we are responsible to protect our children. And I cannot emphasize this anymore. Parents, caregivers, teachers, everyone has the responsibility to protect our children. There are different practical ways of not just advising them and helping them, but there are also um, apps and software programs, etc. even ones that are free of charge that can be used on phones and on laptops and computers um, to protect our children, especially against predators that um, they might fall prey to. And I also want to encourage parents to not be afraid to check their children's phones on occasion. Um, it's not a case of intruding on their personal space. It's a case of being a parent and you have that responsibility to protect your children. And um, it's a case of tough love. At the end of the day, they will still be um, they will be grateful. Now, what form is trafficking taking? What are we seeing? And which of the areas have been most affected? Is Johannesburg a trafficking hotspot, for instance? Oh, yes, most definitely. Uh, unfortunately, I would have to say um, that Johannesburg is one of the hotspots. We um, are part of a network of various organizations who play different roles within the anti-human trafficking industry. And one of the organizations is actually an organization that identifies possible human trafficking victims at the Johannesburg airport. And so I can say with confidence that it is a hotspot. Yes, most definitely. Um, and to answer your question as to what forms it is taking at the moment, um, the increase in the type of human trafficking that we're seeing is online. That's why I cannot stop but emphasize how important it is to be vigilant and to protect ourselves online. Um, and also, I do realize that we've been seeing a lot of uh, social media posts going viral, CCTV recordings going viral. Many of those have been investigated either by us or by the Hawks or by uh, some of our people within our anti-human trafficking network. And we have found that many of these posts are posts that have been doing the rounds for a number of months. Um, there's one post that's been doing the rounds for over a year now. And the facts in that post have simply been changed. So it is not a reliable source. And to 
repost and to reshare these kind of posts, all it's causing is panic and fear. And we do not want our communities and our families to live in even more panic and fear and lock them up even more and expose themselves even more to the internet. So we have to be very careful of that. Um, and also with regards to some CCTV footage that you might have seen and so many other people have seen, it was immediately labeled as a human trafficking case, but after investigation, it was completely not so. Um, there was a much bigger picture behind the scenes and it ended up being someone who was running away from a mob and was actually trying to protect himself by grabbing this poor little girl um, and using her as protection or as a human shield. Um, so we have to be very careful with the social media posts and just labeling it um, as we see it, because there's often a much bigger picture behind the scenes. And we should not um, add to um, all the fear out there within our communities. Very scary stuff you've just described, Mrs. De Klerk. It sounds like it would come out over of a movie, but this is real life. And in the interests of increasing vigilance, um, especially just like you have referred to earlier, and with the summer season approaching, we're in spring right now, is there cause for concern amongst us as the public? And are there maybe peak times or peak seasons when people get trafficked more typically? And is there cause for a reason for us to be more vigilant as the seasons change? Thank you. I'm very pleased that you asked that question. No, with human trafficking, there is not a peak season whatsoever. I know that we have also been bombarded with stories about um, Halloween coming up and um, satanic rituals and all of that. Once again, I want to encourage the community. I want to encourage families, um, parents. This is simply something that is causing a lot of fear. And we must remember that fear can be crippling and it has ripple effects that are quite negative, which we must stay away from. Um, so no, human trafficking doesn't have peak seasons or lower seasons. Um, to insinuate that 30 days or a month before Halloween, people start collecting humans for their sacrifices. If you think it through logically, it is absolutely absurd because um, there is not mass sacrifices that take place. And also it's going to cause them a lot of frustration um, to actually keep these people chained or locked up for so many days. So I think from a logical perspective, we need to also see, think these things through logically. Um, and yes, going through into summer, no, it does not increase. We have even during this time of COVID, we have not seen 
an increase in human trafficking cases being reported through the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And we also have some reliable people um, that we connected with in SAS, um, as well as in the Hawks. And they have also confirmed that there has not been a recent increase in human trafficking cases. This has also um, given us the red flag that we have to be more careful of what's being done while children and families are locking themselves up in their homes because they spend a lot of time in front of the TV or in front of a smart TV, which is even worse, um, in front of laptops, in front of phones. There are hackers and predators out there that know how to hack your camera. Um, there are certain apps that you can download. There's an app that's called Calculator. Um, it's a specific calculator app that seems like it's just an app, a calculator app that you used to do sums with, but this calculator app can be used in various forms and ways, and it can also um, allow predators access to your camera. So, yes, be vigilant. The um, Human trafficking has been around for many, many years. It used to be known as slavery. We like to call it now modern-day slavery, so the terminology is simply changing. But all that has actually increased is the social media coverage and the mainstream media coverage. And with the increase of the social media coverage surely this has done more in creating some forms of combating the human trafficking and can you share with us what is being done to combat human traffic as it currently stands okay so to answer that question yes what we've been doing at stop trafficking of people is we have been very active on social media <laughs> simply because um we find that so many children and so many um, people in general are very, very active now during COVID um, on the internet and social media. And as mentioned before, that is where so many of the dangers lie. Um, so we've been posting information regarding how to identify a possible human trafficking victim, how to protect yourselves and how to protect your children. And then we also love focusing on tips and tools that um, parents uh, can use to, to train and educate their children as to how to stay safe, what to do if um, someone grabs you, etc. And then also, of course, what to avoid. And these kind of presentations and information, we actually love to act out with the children. So we generally love to go into schools, uh, speak to the children directly. Um, it has been a very big challenge now to get into schools, but so many schools have actually been... <laughs> very frustrated that they, that they can't get us in there. So we do have a number of schools that are um, waiting for us, just waiting for the opportunity so they can give us the go-ahead to come and speak to their children. And 
and yes, and then we we address parents. Um, we address parents in a very strict manner. Um, there are many parents we find that feel that they do not want to intrude on their children's privacy, especially when they have um, teenagers or young adults. And we really just encourage them and show them um, as a form of encouragement what the result can be of um, a child being trafficked. And that actually makes, uh, opens their eyes and encourages them to actually be parents and to um, not have that fear of offending or stepping over the line with their children, but actually using the tips that we provide them with, using the tools, using the software programs and the apps that are out there and that's available. Um, and then, of course, we have our Prevention versus Cure uh, platform, which is the online vetting, a job vetting site where we have people that actually investigate um, job opportunities and we have warned and red flagged um, many of our clients and um, many people concerned about a job that seems a bit sketchy or unclear. And um, yes, so that is um, what we are involved with at the moment. Um, with COVID, it does force us all to go more online, which is actually in a way wonderful for us as a preventative awareness organization because it increases our reach. <laughs> the internet is so vast and you can truly increase your reach. And that is our hearts. We want to help save lives. We want to help people not get trapped and tricked or coerced. We want you to be safe. We don't only want you to be vigilant. Um, you have to be prepared and you have to have tools in place. Um, there are apps such as the Freedom app, which can be downloaded for free onto your phone. Um, and it has a panic button. So that, for instance, can be used. There's the Namola app, which is very similar. Um, various other tools that uh, people can use. And we really want to encourage the community to do so. Now, Mrs. De Klerk, we've spoken at length over the course of the existence of this show, really, about the ways in which this pandemic not only has presented itself as an individual concern, one being dealt with universally all across the globe, but also compounded already existing issues to such an extent that coverage and attention to the pandemic could be perceived to weigh against the coverage and attention paid to other issues to an extent that those other issues could possibly be hidden by the smokescreen of the pandemic, so to speak. Are you concerned that given the law enforcement's attention on, other, on COVID and other lockdown issues, that human trafficking could easily go under the radar? And is there being enough to prevent this from happening? Yes, I actually do appreciate that question. To be honest with you, I can understand why that would be a concern 
to the public. But as someone who works directly in the anti-human trafficking field, I am not that concerned. And the reason for that is that we understand that SAPS is often overwhelmed with so many cases of various sorts. Um, we do have a number of extremely reliable uh, SAPS people um, and some of them we are directly in contact with and especially the anti-human trafficking hotline. Um, that, is a, that is a number that everyone must always memorize. I'll just take the opportunity to give it. It's 0800-222-777. So this National Human Trafficking Hotline can be contacted at any time and they will deal with whatever your human trafficking concern is, whether it is a child that was taken or disappeared, they will advise you and um, they will investigate they will also encourage you to open a case because then what they do is they then, after you have given them or provided them with a case number, they actually do all the dirty work. They actually follow up with SAPs and nag them and become a squeaking door until they get specific results and answers. So the National Human Trafficking Hotline is... Um, extremely active. That is the reason why they exist and they are very reliable and very effective. So um, they are basically in the forefront of the anti-human trafficking fight. And then we also have um, specialized hawks who focus on human trafficking. So their focus will not very easily be taken away from um, the human trafficking side of things within our country. And then, as I mentioned before, stop trafficking of people is part of a network of organizations throughout South Africa. Um, so we are not, none of us are a governing body. We are completely independent and private. Um, and we can therefore focus on our purpose, and that is to fight human trafficking. Um, so, no, I would not say that there should be any concern regarding that, um, regarding everything that is happening around us, um, that that would completely overshadow the human trafficking problem. Um, there are people within this country that has been working hard for many years to combat um, human trafficking and that effort has especially boomed since the, uh, the soccer, <laughs> the Soccer World Cup. So, um, yes, we, we are people that are involved in this fight, which is sometimes a very dark Fights, um, you often deal with very heavy content, um, but we are still fighting that good fight because our hearts 
within this and we are fighting for lives and for liberty. So no, uh, families, communities, individuals um, should not be too concerned about that. Um, our police force are often just overwhelmed and not equipped um, well enough in many cases, um, don't have enough people on the ground. So that is why organizations such as ourselves exist. And Mrs. De Klerk, COVID-19 has made vulnerabilities have increased for most people around the world. Where there was hunger before, there is now dire malnutrition. Where there was high unemployment, there's now a national crisis. How could this affect people on the fringe of being exploited and more exposed to human trafficking? Or does it affect them at all? Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, COVID does affect many of us because as you've rightly said it's it has increased so many uh, problems and vulnerabilities with within our country um, and across the globe of course and people will be exploited more um, people are living in fear people are desperate for an income. Um, people are spending more time online. So the vulnerabilities are most definitely um, increasing. And we truly want people to know that there are organizations that are there for them. We are there for communities. We are there for family. We are there for children. And people simply just need to make contact with us. You know, um, if you're spending time on the internet, um, look up A21. They are the front runners of um, the human trafficking, anti-human trafficking industry across the globe. There are so many resources that one can find on the websites, um, on our social media platforms, um, and people just need to, to read up, need to educate themselves, and need to be careful. Um, be careful in not allowing your vulnerability, which might be um, your income, um, your lack of income, to um, make you end up being exploited, um, being used either for your body in some way, for your labor in some way. Um, so we need to, to be careful and we need to prepare ourselves, equip and educate ourselves and just use the tools that are avail available to us. If anything like a job offer seems too good to be true, contact prevention versus cure. Um, there are people um, that will investigate for you with um, much love and willingness. And um, if we hit a brick wall, we have our network of organizations that have many, many years of experience that will assist um, even from a legal perspective. So I do encourage that. 
And finally, from me, Mrs. De Klerk, in the interests of continuing to raise awareness and without necessarily treading on ground we've already covered, what is the most common strategy or method that victims are lured into being trafficked? And in the event that people are fortunate, extremely fortunate to survive a human trafficking attempt or to be successfully recovered after having been trafficked, are there any services available to victims and survivors of trafficking? Oh, yes, most definitely. The services that are available are um, organizations that actually go out onto the streets, um, especially when it comes to um, ladies that are trapped in prostitution. Um, and on, on, on that score, I just need to also emphasize that many ladies who are trapped in prostitution are there against their will. Um, that needs to be very clear in our minds. And in many cases, it's because someone has taken advantage of their vulnerability. So there are people, organizations um, that actually go out on the streets, that actually physically uh, reach out to um, people who are trapped in that kind of way um, and they help them, advise them, of course, in a very wise way, a very tactful way as to how they can get out of this situation. And we do have um, the hawks that can actually go in and do rescues as well. And uh, people such as the Salvation Army. Um, and then we have our safe houses. There are safe houses um, that are obviously e extremely confidential, but um, people who are saved, and I know I've now just mentioned ladies, but yes, there are men that are trapped in human trafficking, they are used as slaves in a form of uh, labor, for instance. Those are the most common cases. And when it comes to men, um, some cases it can also be for commercial uh, sexual exploitation. Um, and children are also used for labor and unfortunately um, for sexual exploitation as well. Because children are so vulnerable, they are unfortunately um, most susceptible. So the human trafficking side of things, um, I can say those that are affected the most are children because they are so much more vulnerable than adults. I hope I have answered your question in full. And that is Tersha de Klerk sharing with us how human trafficking is actually not on the rise, but rather more visible and present in the media. Thank you so much, Mr. de Klerk, for joining us here on the COVID Report. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really do appreciate that I can play some kind of role. And I hope that something or any point that I've shared has actually helped if it's only just to save one life i would be pleased thank you so much
And that was Tersha Diklag from Stop Trafficking of People, sharing with us some of the projects they've established to prohibit the trafficking of people and to ensure people are safe and how COVID-19 may have contributed to human trafficking. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or stream by www.vafm.co.za.